Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. What you're about to hear today is one of my guest speakers from the Zero to Hero Coach Program, which is my signature program where we coach you on how to book clients online, how to increase your online social media reach, and how to get really clear on what you want to offer and who you want to be in this world making your impact. And I really think this episode's going to help you when it comes to booking yourself on podcasts, being able to be better with your PR, and she overcomes some of the common questions and concerns that new coaches have when it comes to getting yourself out there and being more visible online. So her name is Christina Linkowski, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Here we go. Like Haley said, I prepared something a little special for you guys, um, but it is definitely something that, you know, it says for health coaches when I, when we get there, but it's absolutely for anyone um, who's in the online entrepreneur space. Um, Haley, did you get a chance to send everyone the download? I did upload it into our okay. Facebook group, so they might've seen it, um, but not everybody just because I put it in there today. Sure. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, I sent it to you today or I guess last night. So okay. that's there. Um, and then I'll, I'll put a link to it in the chat as well when um, we get up there. Oh, it looks like I need you to share screen. Oh, that's right. Haley. I'm going to give you that access. Um, see if that works because I'm recording. Oh, yep. It did. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, let's see here. What are you guys all seeing right now? Is it the presenter view? Um, we see a bunch of slides at the bottom and then one big one at the top. It looks good. Okay, and my notes and everything? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, you could all read my notes <laughs> while I go I'm about sure. this. I'm not quite sure how to do it with that without uh, having them. So anyways, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, okay, so basically we're gonna talk about podcast pitching specifically for health coaches or mindset coaches or anybody that's kind of in that sphere. Um, we're gonna talk about how to get booked on your first podcast. So welcome. Um, like Haley said, I'm definitely open to questions as we go through the chat, um, or I have time for questions at the end as well. I kind of shortened my presentation a little bit so that there would be plenty of time for you guys to ask questions and get feedback. Um, I know that publicity can be kind of a thing that, you know, people get really in their head about. So we can talk about, um, 
you know, how to get over that, how to get over the imposter syndrome that a lot of people feel before they start pitching and um, go ahead and get you booked on your first podcast. So with that, I'm going to get started. Um, this is a huge area for potential growth for so many online entrepreneurs to grow your online credibility and get more ideal customers on your list, particularly coaches like everyone on this call. Um, and before we kind of jump in first things first, I was wondering if everyone could pop in the chat bar or chat box. Let me know where you are right now with pitching yourself to podcasts. So either A, you've never pitched yourself to a podcast, B, you've pitched a couple times, but it's never gone anywhere. C, you've guessed it on a podcast before, but they asked me to do it, so I didn't pitch. Or D, I've guessed it on multiple podcasts and pitched myself. I'm just going to take a look here. A, never pitched. Haley pitched and bit on many. Um, never pitched. Okay, perfect. So we're kind of all starting it from the same baseline. Guest on several, says Jennifer. Oh, <laughs> no worries. Um, guess on multiple but never pitched. Absolutely. All these things are, are kind of the most common things that I see, but I always like to have kind of a little bit of a baseline before I jump in there. Um, so with that, let's go ahead and get started. Um, here is the, this is kind of what the down or the upload that Haley sent with you earlier today. Um, I'm also going to drop a link to it there in the chat box for everyone. If you haven't had a chance, you don't need to print it out or anything like that, but um, it should be really helpful for you as we go through today's presentation. Awesome. I'm not usually watching myself while I'm doing this. So I'm like, whoa, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? All right, so first and foremost, what is a podcast pitch? Because before we jump into the how, I wanna talk for a minute about the what and the why. I want to define what I mean by the term podcast pitching when it comes to today's training. So pitching means that you are sending a story idea or a topic to a member of the media for their consideration. This is the crux of what I do on behalf of my clients day in and day out. And by the end of today's training, you will also be able to do this. And in this particular interest for what we're talking about today, we're going to be talking specifically about podcast host podcast pitching. So why should I be pitching myself to podcasts? First and foremost, it's a fantastic list building tool for every single online entrepreneur I know. I truly 100% believe this. No matter what you do, the opportunities are virtually endless and continuing to grow by the day. There are currently 55% of the US population has listened to a podcast. That's 155 million people. And 24%, that's 68 million, listen to them weekly. And that includes the two grown-ups in my house. Me and my husband definitely have our favorites that we listen to every week. Um, some that we listen to together, some that we listen to on our own. Um, you know, business, true crime, whatever it is that we're interested in. Um, most of you have probably listened to a podcast before, I'm guessing. Um, and the beauty of pitching yourself to podcasts is that it does work for all types of online entrepreneurs. Again, going back to that 1 million number that I gave you, there is a podcast for basically every single niche. The opportunities are endless. Um, the other beauty of podcast pitching is that you get to tell your story and you get to include a call to action. And that's also the same as if you were to do a guest post for like a magazine or an online publication, but typically with a podcast, you get to tell more of that story. So not just the call to action. 
this helps you bond even more with your prospective clients and they learn to know, like, and trust you even more. And the other thing that I always like to say about podcasts is because you can do this, the barrier to entry is low once you know how to pitch. This is absolutely something you can do and I'm going to show you how. I have seen how it's made a difference in my own business. Um, even though I taught publicity, I was kind of doing the typical route of ads and, you know, kind of that typical marketing type of thing. And it wasn't bringing me the right kind of customers. And by putting myself out there on podcasts, I've had people arrive in my funnel that are much further down the funnel because I've upped that no like, and trust factor. They're more poised and ready to buy because they've heard from me. They've heard my expertise. It's not just a cold lead coming in. And those can be great, but this is just a wonderful way to grow your list. And the best part is it's free. Okay. So now that we briefly dug into the what and the why, we're going to talk about the how. So this is where I want you to have your worksheet up. Either you could be writing it if you already printed it out, or you could be writing just on a piece of paper or Google Doc that's totally fine as well. So who is your ideal customer avatar? And I use the term ICA. This will dictate all the strategy that we work on today. When I start working with any client, any single client to get them booked on podcasts, this is the first question I always ask. Getting on podcasts is great, but I want to make sure you're getting on the right ones for your ideal customer or ICA. So I want you to write down in the workbook or again, just on a piece of paper in a couple of sentences, who that ICA is and what their main interests are as they relate to what you teach or coach, as well as maybe one or two of their biggest issues. So for me, my ICA is online entrepreneurs with an established product. So that could be like a group coaching or perhaps they have a course who are looking to become the go-to expert in their industry. They want more visibility and they want to attract more people to their list and products. So that's who my ICA is. So you guys have had a second to write down yours. Oh, is that my dog? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It just, it's like, I gotta put her outside. Okay. Um, Christine? Yeah. Um, or Christina, sorry. Uh, typically, they know their ideal client because we work on that. But Perfect. what they don't know is how to find maybe the podcast that their ideal client listens to. Sometimes. Yep, we're going to absolutely get into that. Okay. So the, the first thing that I just like to have everyone do before, which that's what I want you to know who your ICA is. Absolutely, 100%. I figured that that was what you guys are there. Um, but just so we can start thinking about where we can find those podcasts, kind of getting that person locked in. So absolutely, we are, we are going to do that. Um, then secondarily, after getting your ICA, I want to know what is your call to action? Um, so what is going to actually convert a listener to a member of your list? Um, we've already determined the whole point of doing any sort of publicity is to drive your ideal customers to you and up your profits. So what is the call to action you'll be using to get them there? Perhaps you have a free download, maybe a free Facebook group or challenge that you can direct them to. Where are you sending them? I want to make sure that this is clear. You should have one clear call to action for any podcast interview that you do. And one thing to keep in mind that I highly recommend, especially when starting out with podcasts, is that you direct to an evergreen lead magnet. So what I mean by that is something that isn't specific to a launch that you only do one or two times a year or a certain season. 
people binge podcasts all the time. I mean, I did that with Haley's. Once I started to listen to her, I listened to multiple of them. And I do that all the time. I'll go back six months, a year to hear guests. Um, I want to make sure the lead magnet is still relevant. Um, so just make sure and write down that call to action that you have going on. Okay. Um, and this is what makes podcasting so special. Um, you get to share that call to action. I know I talked about this a little bit before, but that is huge because when you do publicity, a lot of times traditional forms of media coverage, like a magazine or even a TV segment, those things do build your credibility. Absolutely. But do they grow your list? Not really. And the beauty of the podcast is that you get to tell people exactly where you want them to go. So I'm going to have you take a minute. It looks like a lot of you already wrote down your ICA. You might have written down your call to action as well. Just take a few more seconds if you haven't already. And I'll tell you, the other day I was on the phone with someone um, based in Australia who's a financial coach. And she was saying that she had, had, had talked to a PR agency and they were like, we can get you on all this TV. We can do all this and that. And she was like, she was asking me, is that what I should be doing? All we want right now is to get more clients. Um, like we're not looking to necessarily up our, like we have the credibility, but that's not our number one priority right now. And I said to her, I really do think that you should be focusing then on podcasting or guest post opportunities more so than doing that other traditional media, which sounds really glamorous, but doesn't necessarily get you people on your list. So these are both, these are very important things, knowing that ICA, knowing that call to action. Okay. So we just dove into what you want out of the podcast. You want to drive your ideal customer to a clear call to action so they join your list or even better, buy something right away. Um, so let's take a minute to discuss what podcast hosts want out of their guests. Um, number one most important thing, they want topics that are relevant to their audience. So that's the big thing that I just want to point out, their audience, okay? You are always thinking about their audience. And that's what we're gonna find. And I'm gonna show you how to find ones that have your ideal audience, that have your ideal customer. But I just wanna make sure that this is abundantly clear that this is a big deal for podcast hosts. They wanna make sure that you're fulfilling some need that they have. Um, when I did, a, I did a two hour training on pitching to podcasts two weeks ago, and we had some podcast hosts on there, and I'm sure Haley could probably say the same thing. The number one thing that podcast hosts are looking for are people that can give them actionable, give their audience actionable things that they can go and start doing. Um, and that's definitely a huge priority with podcast hosts. Um, they also want to have a knowledgeable expert that they can have an actual conversation with, because ultimately a podcast interview is a recorded conversation. So they want to make sure that they have that rapport. They want to make sure that it's going to be something that's interesting for their audience to listen to. Um, and then a real bonus for them is someone who's going to share that podcast with their audience as well. So someone who's going to amplify that on their end um, so that they can, you know, get as many new listeners as they possibly can from this guest appearance or from this interview. So that's a great thing, um, you know, to point out to hosts as well. Okay, so Haley, qu quick question for you. Have you guys worked on like publicity topics at any point or? Um, no, I mean, we okay. know, they know their ideal clients struggles and things like that, but. Okay, perfect. So much. Okay, great. So this next section then is we're gonna come up with some topic ideas. 
Um, so this will be really good for you guys. And um, to kind of get specific, I love teaching, but I like to teach with you guys having a little bit of time to do that specific work. Because if you're like me, you want to get it done kind of right then or as much as you possibly can kind of right then. So let's do a few minutes where we talk, talk about topic ideas. Um, so what I want you guys to think about are some topic ideas that tie back to that ideal customer and your call to action. Okay, and I'm going to give you some examples. But this is what I want you to have in your mind because you want to pique the hosts and listeners interest enough that it seems like a no brainer to them that they would listen to what you had to say and then they would go over and grab your freebie or buy your product. Um, Amy Porterfield calls this the invisible bridge. So I'm going to show you some examples, but start writing some ideas down if anything pops into your head. And one thing I want to say is you need to get specific with your topics. So no broad generalizations here. There's a big difference between a general topic like intermittent fasting and a specific topic like top three reasons you need to start intermittent fasting for sustainable weight loss. Okay, so there's a big difference between that. And that is what podcast hosts want to see. Um, here are some brainstorming podcast topic ideas. Um, these are kind of the ones that you will see a lot when you start to get into this and you start to, you know, as you listen to more and more podcasts, a lot of them work on a lot of these different things. So how to X, Y, Z, the X ways to X mistakes, X reasons why the framework blueprint, why you must learn dot, dot, dot. And this certainly doesn't have to be exact. You know, if you have, an, you know, another idea, that's totally fine. That's great. But this should get your wheels turning. Um, and I don't want you to worry about the where yet. We're going to get to that shortly. We're just focusing now on the topics that make sense for you and your ICA. I'll go through a few examples while you guys are writing that stuff down in case anything sparks. Um, example one, what you do, you're a health coach for busy moms. Your ICA is a parent who has trouble finding time to make healthy meals. Call to action, a free recipe book for quick breakfast smoothies. So that's what they can download. Here's a topic idea, how to easily save four hours a week with batch cooking. Okay, so that's that how to X, Y, Z. You're giving them some kind of actionable thing that the audience can work on. And then it makes sense to them. Of course, one of your things about batch cooking is gonna be getting all your smoothie ingredients together on Sunday nights, right? So then when it comes time for you to be a guest and you're speaking, you're like, well, one of my thing, you know, top or idea number four is you can save X number of time in the morning by having your smoothie ingredients already laid out for the week. And hey, I've got an awesome free recipe book back on my website at XYZ, okay? That's where we wanna see that strategy come in. Here's another example. Perhaps you're a fitness course creator. Your ICA is a 40 to 50 year old woman bored with her at-home workouts. Been there <laughs> personally. So I understand this ICA 100%. Um, your call to action is a free video series to liven up treadmill workouts, okay? So topic idea, five ways to amp up your at-home workouts and have fun with fitness again. So that's that X number of ways to, okay? And don't get caught up in the, well, I don't know how many ways right now, that's okay. You can just put a number in if you have an idea that comes up. And the beauty of a lot of these is that if you create any kind of regular content, like maybe you do blog or videos, 
you've probably already thought of a ton of ideas and it's totally okay to use them here. Um, I just saw there was something popped up in the chat. So I want to make sure I'm not missing any questions. I just said good. Oh, perfect. Good ideas. I like it. <laughs> good. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so let's take a minute here. Um, and I'm going to actually go back to this slide just so you can think uh, let's just take one more minute and think about if anything popped into your mind you can use some of those brainstorming topics i will have a sip of my water and the more you can come up with the better i mean if you get one really good ones i'm i'm excited but more than that is totally good too and if you have a good one throw it in the chat i'm sure we would all love to see what what has popped up Okay, anyone have one they're just dying to share? I'm I'm pretty nice. Don't worry. I'm not gonna attack anything. I promise. If anything, I'm gonna be like, yes, awesome. That would make me interested. Well, okay. You don't want to share right now. That's okay. Um, you know, great thing to share in your group though, if you'd like to, and get feedback from each other on those topic ideas as well. Okay. Now we're going to talk about where to find the right podcasts for you and for your audience. Now that we've got an idea on topics, we're going to find some of those podcasts to pitch that fit in with your topics. First things first, starting small is a good thing. Okay. We all want to be featured on the model health show or autumn Calabrese's podcast or whomever in your particular niche is a big deal. But for most of us, that's not where we're going to start out and that's okay. Starting on smaller podcasts is ideal so that you can build up your chops before pitching the big guns. Um, the analogy that I always like to give is sometimes I'll be working with some of my clients and they'll be like, well, I don't know if I really want to pitch so-and-so because you know they, don't, they said that they only get a hundred downloads an episode, okay? And my thought, my thing that I always say to that is that is a hundred of your ideal clients that are going to be listening to you in their earbuds. And that's a big deal. If someone reached out to me and said, hey, I'm going to have 100 of your ideal customers in a, in a, or at an event, and I'd like you to come and speak at it, you better believe I would be booking that flight, booking that hotel room. I would be getting in front of that group. And when people have certain people whose podcasts they listen to, they are very loyal to that person. So they are giving them their time. And so they're going to care that you are who that person has chosen as a guest. So don't get caught up in numbers, numbers, numbers. If they have 50 downloads or 100 downloads, if that is 50 of your ideal customer, if that's 100 of your ideal customers and you can convert a certain amount of that over to your list, that's a big plus. Um, here are a couple of the awesome podcasts I've recently had the pleasure of being on. I've got a couple more booked this month. Just did one on... Um, Friday. I've got one with Haley coming up um, in a couple of weeks, which I'm very excited about. Um, 
the one that I was on on Friday was funny because it was called Biz and Bubbles and she sent a bottle of champagne to drink during the interview. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I have to watch what I say during this. We'll have to see. It was also like 11 a.m. <laughs> so it was a, uh, it was an interesting, uh, interesting day, interesting day, but it was, it was really fun. Um, so my point being, don't get caught up, you know, each and every one of these adds to your online credibility, no matter the size. Okay. So that's what I want to say about that. <laughs> I know, right? That wasn't, for the record, that wasn't like a sly way of me being like, could you send me a bottle of champagne, please? Um, yes. Uh, Yvonne, let's see here. 10 mistakes people make when doing a food elimination diet. I love that. That's a great podcast topic, you know? And I think that that's an awesome one because people really like to know what they're, this is, people like to know what they're doing wrong. So I think that's a really, really good one um, that could help them move forward and it has some actions on it. So I think that's great. Um, okay, now let's start to research some podcasts or how we start to research it. Ask your ICA, Google search, iTunes or Apple podcast search, and then my podcast piggyback strategy, which I'm going to teach you guys. Um, so this is the ways that I start to research podcasts for my clients, and we're going to dive into each of these. Um, as we go through the items here, if two to three podcasts pop up that seem like a great goal for you, write them down on your worksheet as your long-term goal. It's absolutely good to know what we want and what our end goal is. Now, I realize that you may not necessarily, because you're watching the slides and I don't exactly know, you may not be able to do this research right now, and that's okay. Um, but if you can, and you're able to kind of go on, you know, on your iTunes or go on your um, Apple podcast, then that's awesome. We can start getting some of this research going. Um, ask your ICA. This is the easiest one to do. And again, I know you don't have the ability to do this right now, but moving forward, I want you to be asking your audience what podcasts they listen to regularly. Um, this is a great tactic, and you know that your ICA hangs out there. You can put it on a social post. Hey, just DM me with your favorite one, reply back. You could even do a poll if you know that there's a couple that they might listen to. Um, add to your next newsletter. Just have it as a PS at the bottom. Hey, PS, hit me back with what podcast you listen to regularly. Um, I actually just had one of my friends do this, and she works with travel agents and um, she found out about two new podcasts just by asking her mastermind group about it. So absolutely, you're gonna find some hidden gems with a million podcasts out there that you might not have found otherwise. Another way is using trusty Google. I mean, what can't Google do is really the question. Um, so here's an example of kind of what it looks like if you were to just type into Google entrepreneur podcasts or for whatever your particular niche is. So, you know, you guys all have your particular things that you do. So maybe that's health podcasts, maybe that's alternative health podcasts, whatever it is. This is what it's going to generally look like at the top. It's going to show you some of the biggest, um, the biggest ones that are kind of out there. Um, sorry, Jennifer just asked, do you use Moz to find topics? Um, is that the I use Ask the Public sometimes to find topics. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Moz is, um, but I love Ask the Public as a place because then I can kind of type in and see what questions people are asking and use that to kind of reverse engineer my, uh, my topics. So 
hopefully that helps. Um, so this is what it's going to kind of look like when you go into Google, these top ones are going to come up and that's great. But what I like to do is go down to these roundup articles. So right under up at the top, there's going to be these, you know, a ton of roundup articles. Um, and I like to go within the last year uh, just to make sure that they're still current. And I'll go into this. So if I put in public relations podcasts, as you can see here, I have like PR podcasts and this blog put together the top 25 PR podcasts you must follow in 2020. That's exactly the type of thing that I want to be looking at. The top 10 public relations podcasts for PR pros in 2020. That's the one right under it. This is a great place to do research and, you know, find some, some good new ones. But my favorite way of searching for podcasts is on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um, the reason that I have both of these listed here is that for newer Macs like mine, they don't have iTunes on them anymore. Um, so if you have a new Mac, don't be stressed out that you don't see iTunes on there. It's all going to be under Apple Podcasts. And with that being said, they are laid out very similarly. So the examples I'm going to show you are from Apple Podcasts but it's similar to how iTunes is laid out and it will still have kind of the same category information and everything. Um, okay, so this is how I do general research on Apple Podcasts. Um, I go in, there it is, go down to the categories. Um, I click see all, and then there's all these different categories that are gonna come up. Um, so virtually, you know, anything that I could want, um, I could really find in these categories. Um, for a lot of you here, you know, for most of you here, you're going to be going into health and fitness, maybe business, um, but let's go into health and fitness. See the top shows there, it's going to give, you know, the biggest ones um, there. New shows, I don't usually give a lot of, um, I don't spend a lot of time there just because they're not really proven yet. Um, but as you can see, there's all these other subcategories, alternative health, fitness, sexuality. So those are all things that I can also go into and explore. I hit see all on the top shows. Um, on iTunes, I think it shows you the top 200. On Apple Podcasts, it shows you the top 20. So I could pop into one of these. This looks like this could be a cool one. Let me see if it's a good fit for me. I can look at some of the episodes. Um, see, okay, this this could be fun, but what I really want to do is I want to go down to this you might also like category. This is the big one. This is what you go into when you find one that you think could be a good fit, and then you search ones that are like that. Or I think on iTunes it says other people have subscribed to. Okay, so either way, you can go in and you can find some new ones that you wouldn't have heard about before. Let's say you're in alternative health. You can hit see all there. Again, it's going to give you the top 20. Okay, so you can look through here, see if something stands out to you as a good fit. Maybe this well-fed women looks like a good one. Um, and so you can go and take a look and see if that's what sounds good. You can keep going down this rabbit hole. Are there some other you might also like? I was actually really excited when I saw that Paleo MG had a podcast. I didn't know she did, and I love her. So when I was doing this, I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I can go in there. I can take a look at her episodes. And again, just again and again and again, I can, you know, it, it can become a bit of a rabbit hole if you let it. But um, this is where you're going to find stuff. I can put in vegan. I can have vegan pop up. So all the different vegan podcasts. Um, I can look at the shows. 
there. I can hit the see all. Again, it's going to give me all these different, the top 20 um, vegan podcasts that are out there. I can click on one if it seems like it might be a good fit and keep going down that you might also like, you might also like um, way, you know, and that is, this is a great way to just do general searching um, on iTunes. But now we're gonna get into kind of how I do a little bit more focused searching on iTunes. Um, from Chris, uh, Christine asks, how do we find out how many followers the podcast has? Well, <laughs> they, it, unfortunately, there's not really a straight answer to that. You also can't find out how many downloads a podcast has. That's something that you have to ask the actual host for that information. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind. With that being said, you can definitely look at how many reviews they have. That's always a great way to, to see if, you know, this is a well-liked or well-used podcast. Um, you know, if they have a couple hundred reviews, um, you know, or even 50 reviews, 60 reviews, that definitely means that this is a solid podcast um, that I would want to be pitching. Um, so, yeah, and exactly what Haley said, you can check out their social media accounts too to get an idea on brand credibility, on followers, you know, how many people they have in there as well. Um, that's absolutely the way to go about and do it. But unfortunately, there's not really any way um, to know exactly like how many subscribers they have and stuff like that without asking the host. Okay, so um, now that you've seen that general way to search on iTunes, I'm gonna show you how to do my podcast piggyback method. Um, and you'll find spaces for this in the workbook um, that I gave you. Okay, so first and foremost, I want you to think about someone in your industry who has a similar ideal customer to you, all right? So let's say I'm a parenting expert, which hot tip, I am most definitely not, but I know that Heather Chauvin would have a similar ideal customer to me. So what I'm gonna do is I am going to put her name up in the search bar and see what comes up. Okay, she's been on all these different, these different shows. I'm gonna hit see all. Um, I wouldn't hit episodes to see all the episodes. And the reason for that is if someone has their own podcast, every episode that they have of their own show is gonna pop up. So like if I put Haley in there, all of her episodes of her podcast plus the places that she's um, uh, guested on are going to all come up. So that's why doing the shows is a much better way to kind of streamline that. The other thing I want to mention um, before I go in further is Heather has obviously a pretty unique name. If your competitor is named Jane Smith, you're going to have to actually make sure that that's the, you know, that the show is actually her that's being the podcast guest, okay? But let's say for Heather, we go in there. These are all the different shows she's been on. I hit see all. I'm like, oh, this is, a, and actually she's been on a lot. I'm like, okay, this is a great one for me. Um, or should this looks like these could be some good fits for me. I'm gonna click into one of them. Um, I'm gonna hit the Not Your Mother's podcast. Um, I'm gonna take a look and see um, if that seems like it might be a good fit. You know, they had, they had Heather on there. So they're clearly interested in parenting stuff. And it's totally okay to have a competitor have been on the podcast. It means the host is interested, but you know, you just need to pitch them with something else. 
So I'm gonna head down to that you might also like, I'm gonna hit the see all, and I'm able to go in there. So I can hit on this one, the mama hood, see if that's a good fit. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Um, but I can go in and look and, and just see if it seems like that'd be a place where my ideal customer would be hanging out. I can go do that for as many as I want. I can look in a couple of them and, and see. So I click back into happy as a mother. This also seems like it might be a good fit for me. So that's one that I'm gonna write down um, as a potential show that I could be on. And that's kind of how the podcast piggyback method works. So this is the example that I just showed you. The guest is Heather Chauvin. So you're going to write in who that um, competitor is for you that has a similar ICA. The original podcast that she was on. So she was on the Not Your Mother's podcast. And then the two similar shows that were in that you might also like category. Okay. So that's what that is going to look like. Um, I don't know if you guys again, have iTunes or Apple Podcasts open right now? If so, you can be doing this research now, or this is something that you can do later on. Um, but before we move on, I don't know if anyone's had the chance to take a look, but if you did find any new podcasts that you discovered using this method, that would be awesome. I realize I've been talking the whole time, so there might not have been a, a chance to do that. But this is a really, really cool way to find some new podcasts that are similar to ones that your competitors have been on, but aren't the exact same things, okay? So that's the old podcast piggyback strategy. Now what I want you to do is I want you to choose one. So again, you guys haven't necessarily done the research to know which podcast you wanna be on, but when it comes time for you to move forward, and if you're watching this training again, and you're looking at it again, I want you to choose on one to focus for your pitch. Don't dwell on it, just make a quick choice. Um, you may even have one in your mind already that you've been wanting to be on. This is who you're going to write your first pitch to, okay? And that's what we're gonna get into a little bit more here. Um, you've got some topics, you've chosen a show, at least again, you will in the near future, you're gonna start writing your pitch, all right? Now, Haley has provided you with a pitch template that you can use. I highly recommend going through this document and writing based off her examples. It's a really good one. It gives a really good breakdown um, as to how this should all look. Um, sorry, looking to, oh yeah. Feriha, I don't know how you say your name. I agree, unique names make it a lot easier for us doing the research. Um, Haley's the challenge of the week, pitch to a podcast. It's in the online learning platform under, okay, perfect. So that's where they can find this, um, this pitch template that you've given and it has an example in it as well, which I always think is really helpful. And then after you've sent that pitch this week, which is your challenge, next week, I want you to do some follow-up if you haven't heard back. So I cannot tell you how many times I had booked myself or a client for media because I actually followed up. Um, we all miss or flag emails every now and again. Podcast hosts do the same thing. They're human also. One simple, respectful follow-up a week later does not bother anyone, 
okay? And I put this template in the worksheet that I gave you guys, the workbook that I gave you guys. It's not anything fancy, it's not anything groundbreaking, but just to kind of have that template for you. Just gonna be quick, gonna be simple, just re-forward your original email and add something like this to the top. That's it, that's quick. I promise you, I would say almost half of the pitches that I land or the interviews that I land are because I did follow up. Um, okay, so now that your pitch is on its way, you have some topic ideas, you maybe have an idea of where you're gonna pitch to, or at least you know um, what you're gonna pitch about. Let's talk about how to legally find the right person to send the pitch to. Um, first and foremost, just Google the podcast to see if it has a website. Many of them do. I am all about doing the path of least res resistance. And that is far and away the easiest way to find the contact information that you're looking for. Um, now, sometimes you're going to, when you do even find a website, they're going to have a submission form, okay, instead of an email or maybe in addition to an email. I would always recommend getting the email address before submitting a form because this ensures that you know it went through and it makes follow-up a lot less easier and less awkward. Um, but with that being said, if, if that's not there, if there's not an email there, but there is an online form, that's totally fine. Just write your pitch out in a Google Doc and copy and paste it into the form. Okay, so that's another easy way. Um, that's absolutely shouldn't be a roadblock to you submitting to a podcast. I just like to be able to know because I'm a bit of a control freak. Okay, I know that this went through. I always get nervous about forms and whether they actually went through or not. Um, you can also look in people's Facebook, Facebook or Instagram about section. Um, that's where I'll find that information like their profile, you know, or the about section is where sometimes they'll have an email address or that type of thing in there. Um, the other thing that I've done and, you know, it's not my favorite way to do it, but I've certainly done it is you can DM a host. You know, if you see them on Instagram, if you know that they're the host or maybe it's for the podcast in general, I don't pitch them in my message. I don't pitch them. I say, Hey, I'm wanting to pitch your podcast on a topic idea. I think would be great for your audience. How do I submit and ask for their email address or ask for a link to that online form. Okay. I, I guarantee to you, they aren't going to be annoyed because you're not sending them the pitch in a DM. Okay. You're just asking how they can send that pitch over, how you can get that information to them. Um, and so I think that that's one of the easiest ways, you know, that's something that I, when I had uh, my media pitching class that uh, course, excuse me, that I taught, you know, a year or two ago, that was my big thing with finding contact info at magazines, just call the receptionist and ask for the email address. Okay, everybody gets all worked up about it. And literally, I never, ever, ever had a problem just saying, hey, I'm looking for XYZ, can you just let me know their email address? I'm not asking to leave a message. I'm not asking to, I'm not asking to pitch someone right there. That has always been an easy way for me to get things. And I think that doing the private message in a respectful way, if you can't find an email address is totally fine. Okay, so what to expect after yes, or even a maybe. Potential call with the host. And we spoke about this at the beginning of the training. The podcast host just wants to make sure that you vibe, okay? So don't get stressed out about this. It's very common and it's very normal. I want you to listen to a few more episodes of that particular podcast and prep. Once you've sent an, or set an interview date, 
listen to those, prep for some things that you think they might ask, um, as well as what you wanna make sure and say about your call to action, okay? Make sure you've kind of thought about these things before you obviously hop on the call, that recorded conversation that you're going to have. Don't be pushy on a release date. Um, I know multiple podcast hosts, and I know for a fact that a big pet peeve of podcast hosts is when guests are really pushy about a release date. Now, of course, a host may ask if you have a preferred release date, um, you know, meaning what day the podcast will drop to their subscribers, and that's awesome when they do. But lots of the time, they already have multiple episodes already lined up. Don't be pushy that you need it out by a certain date. That doesn't mean that you can't ask when they're planning on doing it, but just try not to be overly aggressive about, well, I need this out by such and such date if the date that they give you isn't necessarily the one that you had in mind, okay? So just keep that in mind. That's why, we're, that's why I recommend that evergreen lead magnet as well. Um, the other thing to expect after yes is that you wanna amplify this. This is the biggest mistake that I see people new to podcast guesting make. They're a guest on someone's podcast and then they don't do anything when that podcast gets released. They just think, oh, well, the podcast guest is gonna, or the podcast host is gonna send that out. So, I mean, I don't really need to worry about it. You should be sharing that everywhere that you possibly can. So on your social media, in your e-newsletters, everywhere that it makes sense to do so, you should be putting that podcast interview on there, sending people to listen to that. Also, after you've, um, had an interview drop or you've been on a podcast, add it to the logo bar or a media page on your website. Oh, I misspelled website. I hate when I do that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just noticed that. Drive me crazy. Um, but make sure and add it to your website. And that's what I mean by like, you know, has been featured on or as seen on, then you're going to start putting in, and especially as you get on more and more podcasts. And again, it doesn't matter how small they are putting those logos in there is just gonna drive up that credibility for you, okay? Now the big question that everyone's thinking, well, what happens if it's crickets? What happens if I don't hear back at all? I do the follow-up, still nothing. Here's what I wanna say, it's all good, okay? You move on to the next one. I certainly don't get me or my clients booked on every podcast I pitch. God, that would be an awesome job that I had if it was. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out that easily and you won't either. But if you send a solid pitch and did your follow-up, there's not much else you can do except that you take your awesome ideas, the topics that you've already brainstormed and shop them elsewhere. You've got tons of other options. Just look at that podcast piggyback sheet for inspiration, okay? Yes, Yvonne, do not be attached to the no. And a lot of times when I've talked with podcast hosts and Haley might have thoughts on this as well, they aren't necessarily, even if they don't respond to something, it's not a no, it just isn't maybe like a not right now type of thing, right? Like they might already have a lot of podcast go ghosts. They have a lot of ghosts, podcast guests lined up, um, you know, and they're like, I don't particularly have time for a new podcast to drop right now, but that doesn't mean that this topic isn't of interest to me and it might not be something that I circle back on later on. So keep those things in mind. What I want you to do after this training, I want you to do that research and do that podcast piggyback um, worksheet um, that I sent you guys. And like Haley said, your assignment for this week, send your first 
pitch. Okay, get it out there. You just got to rip the Band-Aid. You got to do it. Um, I would love after you send that pitch, if you wouldn't DM me on Instagram, it's at publicity x Christina by Christina with who you pitch. I would absolutely love, love, love to hear what happens. Um, and then one thing I asked Haley about, with I, which I would love to offer you guys, this isn't something that's available on my website, but you can absolutely book um, a free 30-minute strategy call with me. And we can talk through the stuff that we've talked about today, talk about some of the um, uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but I would absolutely, absolutely love to hop on strategy calls with you guys. Um, you know, book a 30 minute strategy call. We can chat about where you want to pitch to, you know, what you're looking to do. And I'd be happy, I would be honored to give you my insight on that. So that's absolutely something you can do. The other thing you can do is head to my website, which I realize I did not give myself a link to. And I have a uh, freebie there as well. That's my publicity starter pack um, that I think would be great for you guys. It's kind of all about what exactly is publicity and how you can start doing it as an online entrepreneur. You guys got more of a deep dive um, than what that training is going to give, but that's absolutely um, something that I would that I would love to have you get your hands on. Um, okay, boom. Questions. I know I kind of ran through that really, really fast, but I know we only have an hour and I wanted to make sure that I had time for questions from you guys. You can either, or I don't know if you can, I think you can unmute yourself. You can either unmute yourself and ask, or you can just throw them in the uh, chat box as well. Okay. Any questions? And it, if you don't want to necessarily ask about um, podcasts, you can also ask about other forms of PR as well. Um, when you have the CTA Evergreen, but you want it to be unique. Oh, sorry. I'm just looking at Yvonne's question here. When you say you have the, you want to have the call to action be evergreen, but you want it to be unique to the topic of the podcast, not something you use for multiple podcasts. Um, I think I know what you're asking, but I might need a little, like you're just saying, how am I supposed to have an evergreen that's, or have an evergreen like lead magnet or a call to action when I'm supposed to have a unique topic for each podcast? Is that kind of the question? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, hey, a voice. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> right. I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like you want to make that unique to that podcast, but it's always there. It's not that's something that's timed or dated. Yeah, exactly. And that does kind of see, I can totally understand how that kind of, that is confusing. Um, one thing to keep in mind is you could have more than one evergreen call to action. Like maybe you have two or three um, that you kind of direct people to. Like I have my publicity starter pack. I'm about to, now that's my dog, about to come out with a perfect pitch checklist um, so I might have a few different evergreen call to actions that I can kind of, um, you know, use for different podcasts that I might guest on. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, once you get more uh, skilled in being a podcast guest, you can absolutely then start, because you're going to start lining them up more to make sense with a launch, then you can start having a more launch specific call to action. But at the beginning, I really like to keep those evergreen because people do binge podcasts. Once they find one they like, they listen to a lot. From Christine, silly question, no silly questions here. Are podcasts typically pre-recorded or live? Um, that's the great, that's a, that's a great question. 
typically they are pre-recorded. So the reason for that is that the podcast host is typically going to edit it. Um, so they're going to, you know, put their intro in there. Um, they're going to do their outro in there. Um, if anything happens, like, you know, a dog starts barking or something like that during the middle of the podcast, they can edit that out. Uh, so typically they're pre-recorded, but with that being said, every now and again, like I'm going to be on one in a few weeks that is live. Um, they do it as like a Facebook live stream while they also record it to have it as a podcast um, available in iTunes. They'll tell you, they'll tell you right away. And, you know, for most people, the pre-recorded, especially when they're getting started, they're going to feel much more comfortable with. And that's what 95% of all podcasts are. Um, Haley said, I use the same lead magnet for most of the podcasts I'm on. Yep. Um, what about TV segments? What do they look for? Any tips for local pitching to TV stations or ways to stand out? Yeah. Um, TV segments now, you know, in all transparency, TV isn't my necessary like forte, but I have definitely worked on TV before. Um, and really the things that they're looking for and what I've seen be successful. I live in, um, Boise, I live in Boise, Idaho. And, so for me, we don't have a whole lot of media outlets. We probably have like four different TV stations. And kind of the thing that when I would have a new client that was local come on, a big thing that I would do is reach out to that actual reporter. So ahead of like a certain event, ahead of something, I would reach out to them and I would say, hey, this is my client. They're absolutely available to speak on XYZ. And you can do that for yourself too. Hey, I'm here. I live in town. These are a few different topics that I love to speak on. Um, please keep me in mind for anything that you might have coming up. Um, and then with that being said, I would also continue to pitch just, you know, based on things that are coming up. A big thing to look for is um, like holidays, but not necessarily holidays in the sense of like Christmas, 4th of July, that type of stuff. Holidays and like um, national go to the gym day um national uh dog lovers day you know maybe you're like here's the best way to exercise with your pet um that type of thing that's something that tv and local tv especially would be would definitely be very interested in but i think the big thing is really just putting yourself out there as an expert for them to be able to use if they need you for a story nice and what's cool about the pitch that you shared and and the way that um they could go around looking for podcasts and stuff i feel like that could overlap with article, like finding blogs or yes. um, like they could Google top health bloggers or blogs. Uh -huh. So maybe they could do guest blogs and things like that. Have you, in your experience, cause like, for example, when I think about, like I think about Mind Body Green mm -hmm. and I think about the Great people outlet. who are um, writers on there and I read the articles, but I don't ever look at like, I guess sometimes at the bottom, you see their little blurb and you're like, oh, that's, yeah. I like this writer. So yeah. actually, I will say I've found people like that, but like, what's your thoughts on that? And, and also like for something as big as Mind Body Green, mm -hmm. that's what would be somebody's process for building up to be on something like that? Well, um, I love um, guest posts like get, like being um doing guest posts and i actually think that that is the lowest barrier to entry of any kind of like publicity work that you can do and the reason for that is the in you know for a publication they always need new content like we are we are looking at our phones 24/7 and all that stuff 
you know, podcasts are amazing and they're wonderful and they're great, but you know, let's say you have a host that puts one out weekly, that's 52 opportunities over the course of the year that you might have to get in front of their audience. And if you have a great topic and if you have a good plan, then that could absolutely happen, no question asked. But if you were to write Mind Body Green with just an amazing timely topic, they have all the space in the world. They don't necessarily only have this many spots uh, to get going. And so when I actually teach my um, kind of my pyramid that I teach, which is in my uh, publicity starter kit, the number one thing is actually those guest posts, like the very first thing to do. Um, because people feel, tend to at the beginning of the publicity journey, feel more comfortable writing than they do like necessarily speaking. Um, but I think that they're both very valid things. Um, but the online publications are a great way to kind of get your feet wet with publicity. Um, and like you said, you know, that's kind of where you're going to see that call to action is going to be at the bottom of the piece. It's going to say like, Haley Rowe is a, you know, mentors, life coaches and da, da, da. And I have a link to something that you want, want them to go to. Um, here's the beauty of something like mind, body, green, or any of those places. If you send them the right topic, you can write for them. You don't have to build up to that. Um, they're not necessarily going to need to have seen work that you've done before. They just want to get that topic from you. And if they give you the go ahead, then they're going to want you to go ahead and write it. Um, so that's kind of the beauty of the, of online, um, you know, online as well. My big thing that I just say is before you do either podcasts or guest, guest pitching, which I, I teach both. Um, but before you do either of those, um, just think about your ICA. Where do they hang out? Are they listening to podcasts or are they reading more articles? And that's the big thing that I want people to keep in mind. Because if your ICA is younger, if they're like under age 40, they are more so listening to podcasts, okay? And if they're maybe 40 and above, then maybe the online publication and doing guest posts and on Mind Body Green or things like that are, is the way to go. Um, I just want to make sure that I know that we all don't have unlimited time to work on publicity. So I want to make sure that you're using the time that you can, the best way to get in front of that ideal customer. So maybe that's podcasts, maybe that's um, publications, um, but both of them are great. And both of them help build your credibility as well. So I know that was a really long answer. <laughs> but um, I just, I, I think that there's merit in both, but you just have to be thinking about your ICA. Yeah. And one of the things too, that I like about being on podcasts is it can turn into, if you ever guys, if you guys ever have like a virtual assistant or you want to have content ideas, it gives you nonstop things you can re take clips out of or transcribe yep. and then write a post. So you never really run out of content. It can turn yep. into so many things, a quote. Um, and two things that I wanted to add, and maybe Christina, you've experienced the same thing. Well, I, I have only, I don't have the PR background, but I used to work for a company that we did do podcast pitches for them. They were an algae company. Okay. And, um, they had a whole list of podcasts, you know, people and people they met at conferences and all that. And they had this pod, podcast pitch template, like you talk about but what helped them was when they would provide samples to the host first. So if you guys have, maybe you can't, you know, you can't send your coaching in the mail, but maybe you can say like, 
I, if it's a big host or something and there's something you can offer them or you have um, products to accompany your business, like I know some of you guys do essential oils and things like that, mm -hmm. um, that's a good way to maybe get your foot in the door because maybe when they've experienced something, they'll feel you know better about it. And the other thing is um, if, it, if you guys do offer products, it was important to some of the hosts who were super health conscious for them to see our lab tests that was like metal free and blah, blah, blah. Like mm -hmm. literally we had to, we had to mention in the email, by the way, if you'd like our lab tests to see like how healthy these things yeah. are. So anything you can add in there would be good. And then the last thing that helped them was when they could mention big podcasts or at least a few podcasts they've already been on that that person would admire. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second story I was going to share about PR is one person I used to work with she said she paid to be in Forbes and um, on the Forbes Council Board. And I, you know, Forbes, when you put that to your name, you would think it's like, wow, oh crap, right? Um, and she said that, and, and I don't, it, it, it's like, it's good in that on her website and stuff, she immediately, people let their barriers down a little bit. Yeah, credibility building. Yes, yeah, credibility mm -hmm. building. But she didn't say like, and I think to your point, Christina, that podcasts are so good. She's like, I didn't really get clients from that though. Yes. Kind of indirectly sitting there, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on like paying to, to do things like that? Well, um, I'm not a big pay to play fan. I guess I'm kind of old school PR in that way. Um, you know, it just definitely takes something out of the integrity of the publication um, when that's, you know, the integrity of the publication, especially when you know as a consumer, now that I'm a consumer too, like, oh, they paid to get that, you know, in there. Or I mean, it, it takes away something from, from you as well. But I think what you just said, that story highlights it exactly. Um, you can, you know, have these big fancy names on your website and they do help build credibility, absolutely. But in regards to telling your story and getting you in front of the right customer, they don't necessarily do that. Um, you know, I personally, you know, for me, I work in PR. So, you know, I've gotten clients in big publications and that's something that I do put in my credibility markers. Like, hey, I've gotten clients in Martha Stewart Living and Reader's Digest and these other things because that's what I do. I do PR. So that, that makes sense, right? But when I've been on a podcast, as a guest, that's when I've seen much more traction in regards to my email list growing, um, people buying my products, um, you know, things like that, because they actually got a sense of who I was, um, as opposed to just going, oh, well, yeah, I mean, she knows her stuff. She's done this for her clients. That's great. That might help you get on the podcast, but it's not necessarily going to help you get more people to your list. Gotcha. Very good. Do you guys have any question, other questions for Christina? Oh, I think I saw a hand. Yeah, um, I like yes. talking rather than typing, so I'm just going to talk. Oh, you're, that's all good, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's Fariha, by the way. I, I kind of, Fariha? Fariha. Oh, I like that. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I know. That's why I was like, hey, unique names. That, that's yeah, awesome. exactly. <laughs> but um, my one question was, like, I know, like, the hardest part is always, like, doing the first one and with everything that you've taught us here tonight and I might be blowing this up more than I'm actually going to but okay. we're not limited into just doing our first pitch and that's it and we just sit back and wait we can oh, go no. ahead and do the second and third and fourth 
Absolutely. Absolutely. What you said is exactly the truth. I just try not to overwhelm people when I train this. So I'm like, I just want, I just need you to send one because it's like ripping off that bandaid, right? Like once you send one, you're like, okay, you know, this, this isn't that the thing about pitching that I think people have to get into their mind is it's actually very formulaic. It's actually the, the same pretty, you know, like you're going to change out, um, you know, stuff to a specific host and maybe the topic ideas, but the way that it's set up is exactly the same pretty much every single time. Um, so absolutely you can be changing, um, you can be sending out multiple. In fact, the more, the better, um, you can have, you know, maybe you have three different topic ideas, um, that, you know, you can kind of put in there, maybe three or four in each of the pitches that you send. And that way, you know, you're not necessarily going to get booked on two podcasts talking about the exact same one thing, which might not go over super well with the hosts. That's something that you would just need to ask, um, or just say like, uh, hey, I've already booked this podcast and we're going to talk about XYZ. How did you feel about the other two topics that I gave you? Um, and then they can either choose if they want to do one of those two um, or, you know, you could also, they, they might also be like, no, I'd still like to talk about the same thing. But at least you've been very upfront about saying, okay, I've got someone else, but, you know, they're talking about this. Um, I will tell you right now, your topic ideas are what you will talk about. Um, podcast hosts, like you want to be doing the work for them. They want to be able to look at the ideas. Like I know, even with Haley, I just said, I was like, here's my idea. What do you think about that? You know? And she was like, yes, that sounds good. Um, because you know what you can talk about and they just want to know like, okay, is that a good fit for my audience? Perfect. Like, let's go with that. So expecting them to send you ideas, isn't going to happen. So by you sending them three, you know, two, three, four ideas, that's going to, that's going to really up the chances of them choosing one of those. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Good question. There's a Facebook group that um, has been shared in our private client group before, and it's called podcast guest collaboration community. If you search Oh that, yes, I'm in that too. Yes. In, yeah. And it says find a guest, be a guest. So that's a really good group. If you're looking mm -hmm. to collaborate with people yep. um, and I'm sure there's more of them, but how that might be a good place to just knock it out. Definitely. And I've had opportunities come through on that um, Facebook group as well. Um, you know, people are like, hey, I'm looking for a guest who can talk about XYZ. And if that's the case, you know, you're just responding under them. You don't even have to do this whole pitch. You're just saying, hey, yeah, I can talk about XYZ, um, would love to be on, <laughs> you know, type of thing. And then you guys can kind of, you know, DM back and forth from there. But I've had that happen multiple times, um, you know, where someone's just looking for something specific and whether it's me or my clients, I'm able to just answer them and say, hey, I like, I have a great guest for you. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, I had one more thought about what you said earlier. Oh, what's interesting too, about Christina is we had a call together, um, but she made it so easy for me because she did say the topics you did, you know, you were like, yeah. Hey, here, here's what I need. Here's what you like, help, just tell me where to show up. And you just like, rolled yeah. with it, and it was, it was great. And you brought the topic. And so I think that's a key thing too. And the mm -hmm. last thing, um, bye Danielle. Thanks for coming. Bye Danielle. Um, thank you. And Fariha, I'll put the, the Facebook group name, Podcast Guest Collaboration Community, hyphen, find a guest, comma, be a guest. But what I wanted to say is that started a, it opened the door for other opportunities. So in other words, when you're on, it's not just about being on the podcast, but now that Christina and I 
know each other. She was a guest in my group program. Yep. And, and there can be other things you guys, maybe you guys do an Instagram live together if mm -hmm. that person and you have a cross audience on Instagram or you can do a giveaway. Like it just opens the door to relationships. Absolutely. It's really nice. And it's mm -hmm. really not weird or creepy because it's about a podcast, right? It's not like I randomly yeah. came up to you and was like, hey, like, let's be friends, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was my, that was going to be my second tactic if Haley didn't agree to the podcast, but luckily we, the first one worked out. So we were good. Our icebreaker. Christine. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. Cool. Okay. Anything else guys before we have actually another question? Sorry. Oh, um, no, don't be sorry. Does it make a difference? Like, I mean, I have, I have a website, but I don't have like a huge blog on, I have like one sure. post. Does it make a difference? And I, like I've done, I've got a Facebook page. I've done Facebook lives on there. Mm -hmm. um, I've done posts and stuff on there. I have like a really small, like I'm just starting to grow my Instagram account. Does mm -hmm. it make a difference when you're pitching yourself that you're relatively new to the realm or is there like, I mean, should I, like, I, yeah, we're going to go out and pitch in, in the next week or whatever. That can be your topic. Mm -hmm. But does it make a difference that I'm relatively new to this, that I don't have, like, you know, I have my free, you know, yeah. I have, I have a yeah. website to direct people to and, and all the rest of it. Does it make a difference that I'm only just starting out and I don't have, like, you know, five volumes of mm -hmm. information or whatever? It is absolutely fine. Um, are you being consistent on your Instagram and on Facebook and stuff? I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. That would be the thing that I would say is way more important than experience. Um, if you have the topic idea and you have, you know, you have the chops to back it up. Like, you know, that you can speak on the, these particular topics, then you're good to go. And that's why I also recommend starting on smaller podcasts you know, once you've been on a few smaller ones, then that's going to open up the door to some of those bigger ones. You know, then even though you may not have a huge social media following or a very robust blog, you're able to say, Hey, I've been a guest on these three podcasts mm -hmm. and, you know, here's a sample of them. If you'd like to listen to it, which is what kind of what Haley said earlier. Um, and I'd love to be a guest on your show. Here are my examples. Da da da. Um, so I think with where you are right now, I would just start with some smaller podcasts, but absolutely a hundred percent you're, you're ready. Cool. And I just want to remind you guys of that free 30 minute call. If anyone is interested, I'm happy to do that. And we can discuss stuff like that further as well to find some ideal ones for you. Um, sorry, just. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit go to hayleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit on the call we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients how to overcome those concerns how to coach through objections how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients i can't wait to connect with you and go to hayleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step Thanks so much. Have a good day.